Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I'm going to be preaching to you out of the book of Acts today, Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. The title of my message today, the title is The Path to Power in the Last Days. The Path to Power in the Last Days. We need power, amen. We need power in these last days as we go forward. And um, not our own power, but we need the power of God in our life. So may the Lord help us right now. Father, uh, just help us to be focused on what you want to say through your word today. I pray that there would all, any distractions that would keep anybody from focusing in on what you would want to do and say in their life would be just removed right now, Lord, and you would just uh, speak to us, Lord. We want to hear your voice and what you would want to say to us uh, for this day, God, and for this time together. So we just ask you to anoint us, anoint our time, and use it in a mighty way and use it for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you, some of you may not uh, can relate to this, but how many of you remember how excited you were growing up when you were thinking about turning to age 16? How many of you remember the excitement that you have? Amen. I see hands going up. We were excited about turning 16 because we knew when we turned 16, we could start driving, driving legally. You know what I mean? We could start driving, we could start driving a car, driving a truck. It was an exciting time. No, when I turn 16, I'm going to get my driver's license and I can start driving. How many of you remember the first car that you had? You still remember that first car? All right. Well, I got some good memory here today. I remember my first car. I, I worked hard on Mr. James Coley's farm right outside of Faison and saved up enough money to buy a 1979 Trans Am. It was a red Trans Am. Now, most people said it was orange, but it was red, I'm telling you. It was red when it rained. It was orange when the sun came out. But it was a beautiful car. It was my car, 1979 Trans Am. Man, oh, how I miss that car right now. I wish I had that car. I used to tell people, man, I used to love it. it had big old gigantic windows in it. You could roll them down and your hair would blow in the wind. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But man, it was so much fun. But that car had enough power. It had power, enough power for a 16-year-old, I can tell you that. It had all the power I needed. Well, one day I got brave enough and I was going to, take that car for a little test drive and see what kind of power it had and went outside of facing over there not far from where Brad and Jason Lee live at and got on a dirt path after a big old rain and I was going to go out there and just see what kind of power that Trans Am had it's not four-wheel drive I found that out and I, I took that Trans Am out there on that dirt path and started fishtailing one way, fishtailing the other way and just nailing it, nailing it, having a good kids don't listen right now, tune out and we were there and just having a good time. And all of a sudden, I slung that thing sideways, and it just kind of stopped in a big mud puddle. And it wouldn't go forward, and it wouldn't go backwards. And I was stuck. I was stuck. And I, I had power available under the hood, but that power wasn't enough. I needed some more power. I needed some more power to get me unstuck and get me back where I could start moving again. And when I think about that, I think about most Christians today. 
A lot of most Christians, uh, Christians are, are, are stuck spiritually. There's power that's available to them, but it's power out of their own strength. But they need some more power to get them unstuck and get them going again. We need more power. We need more power to get us unstuck so we can start moving forward with the Lord. And so God has really laid a message on my heart today that I believe is relevant for every one of us here in these last days that we would get on the path to power in the last days. We need to get unstuck. We need to get unstuck. So in the book of Acts, if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. You can look in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm not going to spend a lot of time just trying to set up the framework of that. I hope most of you know, but it's the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a is a Jewish celebration, a festival they have every year. And the, the believers have come there to Jerusalem to celebrate this festival. And while they're on the uh, celebrating Pentecost, it says here in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we know that Pentecost, Pente- this Pentecost would be different because this is the Pentecost that the Holy Spirit would come down on the followers of Christ and fill them and empower them. So it says here in uh, Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That is the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down on the believers and filled them and they began to speak in other tongues. Who were they that were gathered? Well, if you look back in Acts chapter 1, you'll see that there was about 120 believers that were gathered. So there was 120 that were were just seeking God and praying and, and calling on God and they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. And after they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they step out of that room. They step out of that room, and they step out in front of a crowd of 3,000, the Bible says. Many scholars believe there was many more. 3,000. And Peter begins, along with the others, to preach a powerful message that begins to convict those people of the sin that they were in, claiming that they were the ones that were responsible for uh, Christ's crucifixion. And if you keep right on reading in Acts chapter 2, you get to around verse 37. And it says that the conviction was so strong on those 3,000 people after they were being preached to that they came back in verse 38 and 39. And they said, they wanted to know from Peter, what shall we do? The Holy Spirit is convicting us. What shall we do? And Peter replies, you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And listen to this, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift. It's a gift that the Lord wants to give you. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Come on, church. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. And listen to what verse 39 says. This promise, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise for this gift that the Lord wants to give us, the Holy Spirit, is for you, it's for you, it's for you, it's for your children, it's for those that are far off, that are not even believers yet, that are going to come to know Jesus Christ. This gift is for all, and it's a promise to us. And Peter here, he's reminding us of this promise 
on Pentecost, this first Pentecost, this, this, when the Holy Spirit came upon these 120 believers that are gathered, they're there seeking God, and the Holy Spirit comes down on them, and guess what? They become, they become temples of the living God. Do you know your Bible says that we are temples of the living God? Do you believe that? That's what the Bible says. And Peter reminds us that this promise that the Spirit of God will come and live inside of us and we'll become temples of the living God he tells us that this is a promise that's on the path to power in the last days. Do, listen, I'm asking you a question. Do we truly understand today the promise that is available to us that we can accept in our life as believers and followers of Christ, that we can have God's empowering presence with us as we walk this earth? Do we really understand there's a promise for a gift, and the gift is the Holy Spirit? Romans 8.11, you can write this verse down. I don't have it on the screen, but listen to me. Romans 8.11, this is what Paul told the Romans. He says, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. The Spirit of God, the same Spirit that resurrected Christ and brought him back to life. Paul says that same Spirit lives in you, lives in you, lives in you, lives in me. And so we have this promise that's available to all of us that we would be temples of the living God. This promise is for all believers today. It was, a, it was a promise for the believers then. It's a promise for all of us today. Aren't you thankful for that promise? And we see this promise being, we see this promise manifested here in Acts chapter 2 as, as the Holy Spirit fills them and they began to speak in tongues as the, as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And listen, friend, I want you to know, when the Holy Spirit fills you, he enables you to be a witness to be able to speak to people from different places and, and, and speak to different kinds of people. When the Holy Spirit fills you, we start speaking and witnessing to people who need Jesus Christ. And I'm just saying this, I'm just saying because this is what the Lord said to me. If you're not speaking about Jesus and if you're not witnessing about Jesus, then are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to open your mouth and you're going to speak to people and you're going to witness to people who need Jesus. So God help us. Maybe some of us need to be filled again. Be filled again. Paul said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a continuous thing. I shared with the Connection class Wednesday night. We need to be filled continuously because we're always leaking out. We need to be filled. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fills you, he gives you a heart of compassion for lost people, for all people. When the Holy Spirit fills you, he gives you the supernatural ability to reach those that are spiritually lost. When the Holy Spirit fills you, uh, he moves you out of your comfort zone and he takes you to places and he does things in your life that you would have never dreamed of. That's why you see people that are leaving and going into the missionary field. That's why people leave things behind and step out in faith because the Holy Spirit, when he fills you, he'll move you to, out of your comfort zone. Some of you need to be moved out of your comfort zone. Now, before I go any further, I just want to remind you of a few things here about Acts chapter 2. Now, you've got to realize that in Acts chapter 2, that is when the church was birthed. That is when the church was birthed. But when the, when the church was birthed, in, in uh, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, it also started something else, what the Bible calls the last days. The church was birthed, but also the last days. The beginning of the last days started. 
And the last days started at Pentecost, but you know when the last days are going to end? The last days are going to end when Jesus comes back. And friend, I believe, we were singing about it a while ago, I believe he is going to be coming back real soon. Are you ready? Are you ready? He's coming back, and that will end the last days. Now, when you open up your Bibles and you read in the Gospel of Luke and you read in the Gospel of Matthew and other places, you can see that your Bible points to some signs that will indicate that we're living in the, in the last days. And I'm not going to go through that list of uh, all the signs that are out there, but I will tell you this, friend. Uh, some of the things that we're going to see as we go into the second half of the, of the last days, we're going to see a time of darkness and a time of wickedness like we've never seen before. Can you say amen? We're seeing it now. We're going to see a rapid move to an antichrist society happen right before our very eyes right now. We're going to see a time of lawlessness where people are breaking the law and people are wanting no rules. Hello? People carrying out acts of extreme violence. And listen to me, church. I hope we're not naive, but I hope we can accept the fact today that we are living in the second half of the last days. I believe it with all my heart. Just look around at everything that's going on in our nation and all across the world, and you'll know, friend, that the signs are there. But here's the good news. Even in the midst of the last days that we're living in, there's a promise that God would pour out his spirit upon us. Even in the midst of these last days, there's a promise that, that, that God wants to pour out his spirit upon us. And these believers here in Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter came back to them and he gave them a prophecy, a promise that was given to Joel by God. And listen what Peter says. He says, in the last days, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. All people. Say all your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Listen to this. He says here in verse 19, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below. Listen to those signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. And friend, I'm just sorry. I couldn't help but just to park there for a minute as I was praying and all I could see was some of the blood Blood that we've seen shed right before our very eyes. I saw them two uh, law enforcement officers in Los Angeles standing there with blood coming out of their mouth and blood coming off their head. I saw the fires in all the different states in our nation. I saw the picture of all the smoke that's up in the air and it's turned the sky a different color, those billows of smoke that I see. And then he says in verse 20, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And listen to this, and everyone who comes calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The path to power is still a promise available to the church in these last days. And if there's ever been a time that we need to be walking in the power of God, it is the day that we're living in now. Come on, church. We need the power of God. And I pray that in these last days that they would be a, a, a turning back to the pathway to power 
We're, we're reading a book together now with the council and the staff, Old Paths and New Power. I pray that there would be a turning back to the old paths so we can have a new power as we go forward in these last days. I pray. I pray for that power, friend, because I want a fresh move of God in my life. Don't you? I pray for that power because I want a fresh move in this church. I pray for that power because I want a fresh move of God in this community. I pray for that power because I want to see a fresh move of God in this nation and all across this world. Don't you want that too? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help us that there would be a manifestation, a manifestation of the power of God, not only uh, in other places, but there would be a manifestation of God right in our very homes. Right in, right in our, our workplace, there would be a manifestation of God in our school system, a manifestation of God in our, our workplace and in the marketplace. God, let it be so. A fresh move of God. A fresh move of God. Friend, God wants to work. God wants to demonstrate his power through you in these different places. And God help the church to walk in this divine power. I'm, I'm so afraid that we're like that trans am. And we're just sitting there right now and we're stuck. And we're trying to go forward and trying to go back when we're making no progress. We're doing nothing. And we need more power. We need more power to get us unstuck so we can uh, get back going again and we can experience what God would want for our life, friend. We need the power of God. Now to me, when I look at this story here in Acts chapter 2 and then I think about where we are today in America with the church, I ask myself this question. It's amazing how much the church has changed from the days of Pentecost until where we are now. It's amazing how, how much we've changed. And I'm not going to park here. You, you, you know what I've said in the past about where we are as a church when I say that globally and right here in America especially. The church in America has a problem. The church in America has a problem. There's a decline going on. Things are looking, well, I'm not even going to go down that road. You know what I've shared in the past. But listen to this. Listen to what Paul told Timothy about the problem that we can encounter on the pathway to power in the last days. This is the problem that we can encounter. And I think this represents where we are today in America. Paul said, turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and we see here the problem that the church can encounter as we look for power in these last days. Paul's talking to Timothy about the uh, last day church, and he says, I want you to mark this. He says, record it, write it down, don't forget it. Whatever you got to do, put it on your notepad, hang it on the refrigerator, but you remember what I'm about to tell you, uh, Timothy. He says, and he's talking, to the, he's talking about the church here. Listen to me. He's talking about the church, and he says, there will be terrible times in the last days. There will be terrible times in the last days. Well, what do you mean, Paul? What's the problem that the church is going to encounter in the last days? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiven, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God. Here we go, verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then Paul looks at Timothy and he says, have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do. Turn from that. Have nothing to do with them. What was the problem? 
The problem was the church had a form of religion but had no power. Paul, listen, sadly, you know what Paul is describing here? Paul is describing a church that is powerless. In the last days, he's describing a church that is powerless. A church that's just going through religion, going through the form, but they're denying the power of God. Hello! How in the world, how in the world, I asked myself a million times, how in the world could the church drift away so fast from the path to power to where we are now? What happened? What happened? What happened? And Paul tells us what happened. He says they drifted away from the power, the path to power because people became lover of themselves, they became lovers of money, and they became lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And look where we are today, friend. Some translations read they're lovers of self. People are lovers of self. People are lovers of money. Look at what's being preached out of pulpits. Look what's being taught all across different places. Lover of self, lover of money, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Hello, Houston. We got a problem. What's the problem? Problem is we have no power. We have no power. We have no power. The problem is that the last day church has no testimony because there's no power. The last day church had no power to witness because they had not truly turned away from sin and turned to God. They had no power in their life. Hello, listen to me, friend. If you're here today or watching online, they had no power because they had not turned from sin and not truly turned to God. Have you completely turned away from sin and turned to God? So you can experience his power. Christians still stuck, powerless, no power. We Listen, we have no power today to be a testimony. We have no power to witness because the church looks no different than the world. Christians cussing out other Christians. Lord, I want to just get up on my soapbox now and preach... No power demonstrated. No, no power demonstrated. Listen, when, when we gather for worship services, we should expect a manifestation of God's presence and things happening in a supernatural way when we come together. No, nothing happening. No power in our churches because churches now run more like a Fortune 500 company than how God intended it to be run. Mm. No power. No power in the churches because the church looks no different than the world powerless, the church, and listen, I'm just telling you right now, I, I don't know, you might correct me later, but I just believe overall right now, the church, when I say church, I mean the big church, I mean, I believe the majority of it is powerless, it's weak, and it's discouraged, and let me go ahead and tell you right now, I refuse to be stuck, I refuse as your pastor to be stuck, I refuse to walk powerless, I refuse it, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, God's been dealing with me, Holy Spirit's been dealing with me and I refuse to walk around powerless. I refuse to walk around discouraged. I refuse to walk around defeated and weak. No, listen, no matter the cost, no matter the pain, I'm willing to stay in the game. I don't care what it costs me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be able to walk and they be a demonstration of the power of God in my life. Don't you want it? 
When you walk through somewhere, there's a demonstration of the power of God just flowing through your life. I don't want the same old, same old. I want more of God. I want more of God. Hallelujah. Oh, boy, I love it. If I could sing that song, I've decided to follow Jesus and I'm not going back. What's there to go back to? I want more. I want more. I want more. I pray that you would have a desire in your own life today that you would want more. You would want more power in these last days. Come on, church. Please, please listen. One thing that, I, that I'm afraid of more than anything is that we, we come back and we get right back into that place again and we're stuck. No, we're not going to be like that, friend. We're living in the last days and we need to be on the path to power so we can live and give God glory with our life in these last days. I need more of God. I need, listen, I need more of God. You need more of God. You need more of God. We need more of God. We need more of his power. We, we need more wisdom. We need more guidance. We need more discernment. We need more strength. We need more love. Hello, we need more boldness. We need more courage. We need the power of God. And why do we need the power of God? The reason we need the power of God is because the path to power has a purpose. You need that power because God has given you a purpose. Acts, chapter, uh, Acts 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Listen, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power, and that power is to make you a witness. That's your purpose. We have this supernatural power so God can demonstrate his power, so he can demonstrate himself through us. And I want to just tell you this. I want to remind you of this. When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you become a new creature in Christ, he says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, all the old things have passed away, you become a new creature. When you're saved and everything becomes new in your life, the Lord gives you a purpose. He gives you a purpose. And that purpose, listen, here's the purpose. The purpose is other people. The purpose is other people. When, when, you, when you surrender your life to the Lord, he's going to reveal to you that it's no longer about you, but it's about other people. You want to know what your purpose is? Your purpose is other people. Your purpose is other people. That's what he means by you're going to be a witness. It's never been about you, and it's never going to be about you. Hello? Look to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. <laughs> it was supposed to be a joke, but... It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about other people. It's about other people. Listen, once you get saved, once you give your heart to the Lord, your eyes are open so now that you can focus on truly loving God and loving all people, all people. Once you're saved, your eyes are opened and, and you, you get more focused on those that are spiritually lost and that need Jesus Christ. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields. The harvest is ready. So when we get saved, our focus is now on other people. Our purpose now is other people. Once we're saved, our eyes are open, and we're focused on those people who are lost. And re Listen, they're lost, and they're on their way to a real hell. Yeah. And the Lord has given every one of us a purpose that we would go out, filled with the Spirit of God, the power of God, and that we would uh, have a purpose that we can reach these people for Jesus Christ. Listen to me. I'm just giving you scripture right here. Once you're saved, you want to know what your purpose is? Your purpose is other people. 
You know how I know that? Because the Bible says that once we're saved, we now become ambassadors to Christ. Now you're representing the kingdom of God to a kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of this world. You are now an ambassador to Christ. Remember that when you go out these doors. Once you're saved, uh, you know what else happens? You become all things to all men that by all means some might be saved. You become all things to all people by all means that some might be saved. When, you, when you're saved, you become a, a soldier in the army of God and you begin to become a soul winner for Christ. Come on, friend. I, I, hate to, I keep referring back to the connections class Wednesday night, but I asked the question, when is the last time somebody asked you if you were saved and on your way to heaven? Nobody could raise their hand. When is the last time you asked somebody were they saved and on their way to heaven? God help us to be soul winners in the kingdom of God. God has a purpose for us, and it's other people. And God has a purpose for us, just like he had a purpose for those 120 followers of Christ who were gathered in that upper room praying and seeking God. Friend, it's going to take people who are willing to come together and pray and seek God. And there was 120 that were gathered praying and seeking God. I want my life to be like these 120. God had a purpose for them and God's got a purpose for us. 120 ordinary people who had a heart to be used by God. Do you have a heart to be used by God? 120 people who knew that they couldn't carry out God's assignment without the power of God in their life. 120 people who knew how empty their words would be without the power and the anointing of God upon their life. 120 people who tried to live for God at one time in their life in their own strength and failed God. 120 people who knew that apart from Christ they could do nothing. 120 people who knew they had to give themselves away to the cause of Christ. 120 people who turned Turned their world upside down for Jesus. 120 people who knew that with God all things are possible. 120 people who knew that nothing is too hard for the Lord. 120 people who were untrained, unschooled, unlearned, but they had been with Jesus. 120 people who were walking in the light of Jesus in a dark world. 120 people who had the courage to stand in the face of political persecution. 120 people willing to obey God rather than man. 120 people who had nothing but the power of God. 120 people who were willing to stand and say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and you cannot come to the Father except through him. 120 people. And I know there's more than 120 people here today. Just imagine the influence and the impact that we could have on our community right now if we were just get alone in that upper room and pray and seek God and say, feel me, feel me, feel me, Holy Spirit. And how God would use 120 to flip this community and this, this state and this nation upside down. Why not us? Why not us? Why not us? 120 people. Not a huge army, but a little remnant of people that were hungry for God. 120 people who, listen, 120 people who were hiding and boldly stepped out and now they were in the view of all the people in that area there. 120 people who were visible for the world to, to see. Is the world visible for you to see? 120 people. They encountered 3,000 people who had a knowledge about God. They, they encountered 3,000 people who had a form of religion but no power. 120 people who had learned about God all their life. I mean, excuse me, 3,000 who had learned about God, but they knew about God, but 120 had been with God. 
And friend, there's a big difference between knowing God and being with God. And these 120, had, they, were, they had been with God. And because they had been with God, God was using them for his glory. Don't you want to be with God? Be with God. 3,000 people that had religion encountered 120 people who had been with Jesus. And those 120 were able to witness to those. And those 3,000 gave their heart to the Lord and their hearts were transformed and awakened to the things of God. And then they began to walk in the purpose of God for their life because of 120 people who said, I'll take the power of God and I'll go forward and walk in this power. God help us today. God help us today. Pastor Kevin, Miss Amy, if you'll come and help me. There's going to be people you encounter that know about God They got a form of religion in their life, but they're denying the power of God. And my prayer is that this church would be like the 120 and we'll be so full of the Holy Spirit that we will be uh, so full of God's empowering presence that when we walk, there would be a great manifestation and we would be able to open our mouths and boldly speak about God and testify about God and not be afraid and not be scared about what's going to be said or what's going to come upon us, but we would just stand for God and be a light in this dark world. And then we can watch people's lives changed. People come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It starts with the power of God. And I want you to hear me on this. I'm getting ready to close it down. We got just a few more minutes. I don't really know how to explain this to you. I don't know the the Lord's put those words in my heart yet, but I know there's a sense there of urgency. And and listen, I'm not trying to uh, promote any kind of fear. Uh, Believe me, I'm not. I'm I'm faith over fear. But I'm just telling you, please listen to me. I, I feel it so heavy in me, and I have felt it for a while. And the more I go forward, the more I feel like God is just reminding me that, friend, there's coming a day. There is coming a day. Listen to me. I preached about heaven, but before we get there, there's coming a day that we are going to be tested that we are going to be facing some things that we've never faced before. Listen to me. I know we've been through some stuff already in 2020, but I'm telling you as your pastor that you need to be ready. There's going to be some things that are going to come our way, and when when they come our way, it's going to do some things, and it's going to reveal to you and to everybody, it's going to reveal are you trusting in your power or are you trusting in the power of God? There's going to be some things that we're about to face, and it's going to reveal whether you're all in or you just play in church. There's going to be some things, I believe, that are coming real soon that's going to reveal are you walking and relying on the power of God or are you denying the power of God? It's going to be revealed, friend. It's going to be revealed. And I don't know what that looks like. I couldn't tell you, but I know what I feel. I know what I sense. I know what I feel like God has put upon my heart. And I'm just warning you that, listen, you've got to come out of that place of being stuck, and you need the power of God. There's going to be no way that you can do any of it. You're going to be nothing without the power of God, and you're going to need his power to help you. You're going to need his power to help you stand. You're going to need his power to help you speak. Please hear me, church. Please hear me and be ready 
And you do that just by receiving the Holy Spirit. I pray, listen, you know what my testimony, I pray that when all this stuff comes, that our church would just continue to be a testimony of the living God. That the church right here will be a testimony. You know what? Them people down there, they love God and they love people. Them people down there, they're radical for Jesus. Those people down there, you know what? Even though the truth seems to be changing around us in the culture, they're standing on the truth of God's word in that church. I pray there'll be a testimony of a manifestation of the power of God where people say it's a place of hope where people are being saved, people are being healed, people are being delivered from bondages. God is working in that church. I pray that'll be our testimony, a manifestation of the power of God in these last days. And the only way we're going to have that testimony is if we walk with God. We got to walk with God because God is our source. The Holy Spirit is our source of power. And we need Him. And I just say to you one more time, because I know I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to again. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for the church to walk in power that's available to us. Listen to me, friend. Please spend time with the Lord. Call on the Lord. Ask him to fill you and give you the strength that you need so you can take this path to power. It's your choice. It's your choice. You can walk back out of here today and walk out on your own strength, depleted and discouraged. Or you can say, today I choose to walk. I choose to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon my life. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me. Fill me. It starts with you and your choice. How bad do you want the power of God? How bad do you want it? Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right there where you are, this is going to be our altar call. Right there where you are. No, I don't want nobody leaving. I don't want no doors opening. Right there where you are. I just want you to just get along with the Lord and just, you can hold your hands out to him, whatever. And I just want you to pray. Come on, I'm going to pray with you. And let's pray that the Holy Spirit, it will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. How bad do you want it? Are you going to continue to be a lover of self and a lover of money and a lover of pleasures rather than a lover of God? Then, friend, you can just forget about it. But if you say today, I'm ready, God, and I need you, and I want you to feel me right now. God will come. It's a gift. It's a gift. So right there where you are, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promise. We thank you, Lord, for the purpose. Holy Spirit, we ask you for a great outpouring upon every believer here today. God, that you would stir a hunger in us, a desire in us, God, to want more, more of you, God, more. We need you more, God. We don't want to be stuck, God. We don't want to uh, just be sitting still, God. We want, God, that you would just move in our lives, God. Lord, baptize us with your Holy Spirit right now. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Feel us. I pray for everyone here, God. Your word says that you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. Pour out your spirit right now, oh Lord. Please, please, God. Please, Lord, fill every one of us here today. Fill everyone watching online, whoever they are, God. Empower us, God. Empower us, oh God. We seek your face, oh Lord. And we need you right now, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. It's not about me anymore, God. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. 
Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Keep praying, church. Keep just say, feel.